Jillian Pensavale. Patrick Hines. <laughs> We're keeping it. <laughs> yeah, We're keeping right. it. It's my favorite thing ever. <laughs> What are we talking about today? Oh, we're talking about the price of gold. We're talking about the price of gold. And my high school best friends, Nan and Ton, as I referred to them in high school during this controversy. Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding for those keeping track. I mean, I've never heard a scream like that. It's just an awful, horrified type of scream. What happened? What happened? And she said... Somebody hit me. You ready? Details are a little bit sketchy. She was struck several times. And uh, hit her several times. Once, twice, I'm not really sure. There's been a violent attack on an American athlete. Nancy Kerrigan was attacked as she left the ice. Attacked by an unknown assailant. It was such a bizarre story that you just kind of went, what? I'm trying to get a description from the lady. No. There, there must be some mistake. That just doesn't happen. Security is high. They're doing a thorough investigation to try and find the man who did it. NBC's now breaking the story that Tanya Harding... Authorities are focusing their attention on Tanya Harding. Plot designed to steal Olympic gold. I mean, the rumors were just flying immediately. Wouldn't it be wild if Tanya had something to do with this? There had never been in the history of sports anything like this. They mentioned Tony Cantorina in this a handful of times. Right. Where Nancy used to do her, like, that's where she trained. Uh-huh. This was the, the skating rink in my town. Oh, my God. I know. Did you go? Yeah, of course. Uh. And my friends, Sue and Allison, who listen to this podcast, will back me up. I was obsessed. I had two posters of Nancy Kerrigan on opposite walls in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. One of them was signed. And I have, there's a picture of it. I have it in a photo album. You guys, I'm going to put it in the Facebook group. Yes. Now, that said, I want to talk about the Facebook group for one minute. The Facebook group has oh been God. berserk over this, over the price of gold and Nancy this, this and Tanya. Is, this is the most activity we've seen before <laughs> a docu- before an episode has come out. Um, girl, where do we start? Well, I just want to say something. So the movie starts with <laughs> oh, no. that audio that I never need to hear again. Oh, the horrible audio horrible. of Nancy yeah. Kerrigan right after she was attacked. Yeah. Now, I remember, look, I took ice skating lessons when, when I was younger. I remember watching all of these, the finalists, and, and watching the, the figure skating in the Olympics with my parents. Yeah. Like, I, this was a big deal. Yeah. And um, I remember people, like, making fun of her. That became a joke. Yeah, I remember. Why. I remember. I yeah. will not stand for it. <laughs> I will I know, not. I, know, I get I enraged when people laugh at this or or make fun of it. Imagine working your whole life for something, and then out of nowhere, this confusion and pain, and yeah. like wondering why. Like I, I will not. I will fight the thing anyone. Is, and we'll get there when we get there. But I didn't. Some somebody followed Nancy Kerrigan around with like a camcorder. Yeah. Every second of her life. Right. We have video of her literally walking behind the curtain. Uh-huh. That like a second later she gets clubbed on the knee. It's it's insane. insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then every you like it's like the bouncy camera because everyone's <laughs> running to try to find because the, the guy. cameras were fifteen pounds back I then. I know you need eight people to carry them. I know. So then we cut to this woman who's like, I can't believe anyone would think I had anything to do with it. And I'm like, weird. Who's this bitch? I thought this was a movie about Tanya Harding. Oh my god, this is Tanya Harding. <laughs> Everybody in society thinks I was the one who did this. They want to hit me with sticks and baseball bats or whatever. It's distracting how different she looks. <laughs> I, know. I know. I actually screamed out loud. I'm not saying it in a judgy way. No, but I know. She had I know. such a look back then, and she yeah. had this little, like, sort of like. Connie Chung will tell you all about that look. Oh, how she was the ugly duckling, <laughs> I Connie, know. with the frizzy hair. I know. She could jump higher. She could spin faster, and she was determined. But here she was, the ugly duckling with frizzy blonde hair from the wrong side of the tracks. It was hardly that little image that you have of a beautiful ice skater. But she had this sort of like these pointed, sharp features. Yes. And they're all gone now. I know. And part of it is that like she can't figure, she's not legally allowed to figure skate anymore. Well, she so, can like go to the rink somewhere. <laughs> can you imagine though, you're at the rink, you're at a random rink and Tanya Harding shows up? No, I'd run. It's like about the time that I heard a guy telling a story, this is no joke, about the time that he was out to dinner at a steakhouse and at the table next to him was OJ Simpson. Stop it! I swear to God, with a steak knife in his hand. And at that point, you have to make a decision. What you gonna do? You leave. I know. And you call the police. You 
say, for your damn life. Yeah. You yeah. say, remember how you let him go? Here I know. He is. I know. <laughs> He's guilty. I'm so sorry about it. <laughs> so the, the movie starts in 1994. It was the U.S. Women's Figure Skating Championship. Mm-hmm. And whoever, like, whoever, the top two from this championship were going to go on to the Olympics. They kept saying it was, like, the, the default Olympic trials. Right. So it was a big moment, like, in for those gays and women among us who care about figure skating. <laughs> we were watching this very intently. Right. And, and dads who were just like, yeah, okay, you can put it on. <laughs> Tanya was considered a great skater at that point and certainly one of the top United States skaters. And she was trying to qualify for the Olympics. So then before the major action happens, we, we get like the backstory. Yeah, we go, we get into our own little time machine. Right, exactly. And go back and really focus on Ms. Tanya Harding, because really, this is her story. Yeah. Nancy Kerrigan is nowhere to be found. Wants nothing <laughs> to do with it. And good for her. I wouldn't yeah. either. Like- it's also just like Tanya Harding in her kitchen, like across the table. Like, they couldn't even rent a hotel ballroom for her. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> nope. Nope. So, we, but what we learn about, the, the, the jokes sort of all come to a screeching halt when we <laughs> see teenage Tanya Harding. We struggled, you know. My dad was doing everything he could to be a good dad, but unfortunately he had lost his job. It just got to that point where it was so hard to survive, you know, and then moving so much and everything, not having a lot of friends, but I loved my skating more than I needed other people around. This reporter who we love, what's her name? Ann Schatz. Ann Schatz, who I just love this woman because yeah. she's a reporter and she she like talks about Tanya impartially, but at the same time, she feels it's important to point out things about Tanya's sure. story. Yeah. Like the poverty. There was poverty in this young girl's world that we need to understand because it's part of this story. She skated a lot of times without food in her stomach. She skated, not really understanding if that next lesson was going to come or not because she didn't know if she could pay for it. It shows you the kind of drive someone has yes. to, to work out and I do anything physical, like with an empty stomach. Like, that's just hard on you as a kid. And she knew she was good at one thing, and that was skating. She knew she could hang her hat on that one thing where nobody could tease her, nobody could take anything away from her, nobody could mock her, nobody could make her feel less than. And there's this like amazing moment where her friend, her friend who like has gets a lot of airtime in this documentary, the friend talks about meeting Tanya in skating class. And she's like, mm-hmm. she was six, but I'd never seen anybody at that age with or or ever with such raw talent. Right. I had never seen someone that small skate that well. I've never seen anyone have that much natural talent. For anything. But then there's this moment of Tanya reporting back about how she did during a program to her mother. I'm sorry, what can can we just take a quick a quick stop and say the mother's name? Lavana Golden. <laughs> what the, the hell is that parakeet's name? She has a parakeet on her shoulder. She's wearing this brown monstrosity of a coat or a shawl know, or a parka or whatever. And this parakeet I know, I know. Is on her shoulder <laughs> with like no explanation. <laughs> And this is footage from the early 90s. This is not yeah. current. No, although probably uh, somewhere in the world. Somewhere you know she's listening to this with her cigarettes, just like <laughs> shaking her head. Well, so we get this description from Tanya back like in the day. Yeah. Talking about how like her mother was an alcoholic and she was a good mother, but she was a bad mother. So and Tanya gets to go to like the world the world champions or something for the first time. Yeah, and she's, she a, call- she's a child, She's by 16, the way. 15 or she's something. She's a kid. Yeah. She, first of all, she has the most tragic haircut I've ever seen. Right. That I- doesn't go away. <laughs> One of many. I mean, you know, poor Lavanya. Lavanya was like doing the hair. It's just- Lavanya, I like the nice little flair. Can we call her Lavanya going sure. forward? I'll Levanya. write you a note. <laughs> But like she calls her mom to tell her mom how she did in this program. And it's a one-sided conversation. You just hear Tanya. Yeah. Hi, mom. Um, I got six. Yeah, overall. Yeah, no, that's good. Because now I get my international. No, I did it, but I did a loop in besides. I know. Yes, it does. It, I got half credit for it, Mom. And then they hang up, and Tanya's like, what a bitch. What a bitch. But then she, like, quickly looked at the phone to see, like, make sure that her mother hung up first. 
And then just said every like spilled all the tea to the camera, and I'm like, why do people not understand in these documentaries that when you when your voice is recorded and your face is there, like it may come back someday. But we see the friend talking about how like one time she's in the bathroom with the hairbrush. No, I was in the bathroom, and so I was in the stall, and Tanya and her mom came in there. And Tanya was having some issues, didn't want to have her hair brushed or, you know, whatever the issue was. And Mrs. Harding uh, just lost her temper and hit Tanya repeatedly with the hairbrush. And I remember going to Diane Rollinson and saying, I'm going to call Child Protective Services. I was 11. <laughs> we got to talk about the coach this for a second. This is a little bananas. I know. The coach is literally like, you can't. You can't call Child Protective Services. And she's like, why? She's like, because they will take Tanya away from her mother and her skating career will be over. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, can we talk about the coach just for a minute? Yeah. The coach is like the exact opposite of Lavanya, which is, by the way, is her name at this point. Lavanya with that N thing. Yeah. In the, in the Spanish way. Lavanya. <laughs> I'm so here for that. I love it. Lavanya Golden. Lavanya Golden. So... This this skating coach like recognizes Tanya's talent, but they are like they also couldn't be any more different. Oh my god, there's this one like tragic moment where the coach takes her shopping, like dress shopping. Can we get this up? Oh, Tanya, that, that is darling. Sorry, but it is. That I remember. Yeah, that's Tanya. That's that eye roll. <laughs> is amazing. Tanya, girl, I have been there. Where it's like, try on this frilly thing. I will do no such know, thing. Give me my army boots and all black. Well, because Tanya is built like a school bus. Tanya is... <laughs> and I don't mean that. Where'd you get them from Connie Chung? <laughs> Anyway, anyway, this I actually think this skating coach does a really good job of walking the line of like loving Tanya and accepting her and understanding her her like her gift, but also seeing the challenges that she comes from. Well, someone had to be the girl's mother. It's true. And that's really the, the role that she tried to take on. And this is where they start to talk about how figure skating was so much about appearance. Worldwide female figure skaters are the Barbie dolls of sports. Although what they do is very athletic, the point is to make it look easy, that it's not athletic, that it's not a strain. You are wearing these costumes that are designed to make you look like a beauty pageant contestant. And it's this odd sport. Because you're talking about the people who preceded Nancy and Tanya. Like, Dorothy Hamill. And, and Peggy Fleming. Oh, my yeah. God, that car commercial. I know. My favorite. I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's absurd. Dorothy, is that your new Ford Tempo? Sure is. And then we hear, like, the harps and in skates Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan. Well, and this is where we get, like, it's just a complete... Nancy Kerrigan also comes from a working class family. Uh -huh. Nancy Kerrigan also came from a blue collar family, but not like Tanya's. Nancy's was much, much more stable. Nancy just knew how to how to play the game and dance the dance. Yeah, she did she, start life um, with the same horrendous haircut. It poor, was the 90s. Poor girls in figure skating. It was the 90s. Because then we meet Nancy's coach, and Nancy's like, Nancy was a tomboy. She started off as a tomboy, sure. and then she didn't want to be a tomboy anymore. Right. But then as Nancy got a little older, she started to grow her hair. She grew her bangs out. She decided she didn't want to be a tomboy anymore, and she grew into this very elegant skater. All right, so jump cut to 1991. Mm -hmm. Big year for one of our girls. Triple Axel. <laughs> year of the Triple Axel. Everybody talks about Tanya and the Triple Axel because she was the first American woman to land that jump in competition. That footage is nothing short of exhilarating. It is absolutely It really is. No matter what you think of her, yeah. watching her nail it and her face she's so thrilled and yeah. proud and excited now the question is whether she will become the first american to attempt and complete a triple axle jump oh my god i mean it was so exciting you know it's like my stomach was in my throat my heart was just racing Good oh, i did it i landed it and i was just like yes it's so funny, too, because she's still got, like, more of her program to oh, do. Of course, but she does that little, yes! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes! And it's thrilling for the audience. It's thrilling for everybody. It's thrilling for everybody except for Christy Yamaguchi. <laughs> it's funny, though, because Tanya is, like, go going crazy about how, like, everyone stood for me. The crowd just stood up and everything, and everybody was clapping for me. And I was just like, oh, my God. I did it. 
And then it cuts to, to Christy Yamaguchi, and she is doing the lightheartedest, like... She's clapping with her fingers and not... <laughs> right? You don't make the sound. You just do, like, that little thing. You're like, yeah. Christy girl, there are cameras everywhere. You're judged on your appearance. Totally. Come on. But the thing is, it was like... So that was at the World Championship, right? In mm-hmm. 91? Yeah. Like, she wins, and you it's... The, the establishment of the figure skating world is like, this is not who we want as the face of our of our sport. Yeah. I remember when she won in 1991, the, the feeling from within the sport, the official, oh my God, you know, look, look who's our champion. I mean, she was built. She was woman. a hard skater. She skated hard. Yeah. And it wasn't, she hit everything and she had all the lines, but she wasn't, you didn't look at her and be like, that's really graceful. This is a really graceful <laughs> sport. No. So then, you know, they, they keep saying that 91 was like Tanya's big year. She goes mm-hmm. on and she gets like places second in the world championships. Yeah. And after she landed that triple axel, it was sort of a little bit of a unicorn of the triple axel because after that, she had a lot of trouble landing it again. She couldn't land it. But after 1991, the problem for Tanya was she kept trying the triple axel and falling on it. Oh, oh, what a shame. After 91, the triple axel was, was there, but it wasn't there. It just kind of was, it was so up and down from that point because um, just too many distractions going on around there was a lot of she was very distracted there were problems off the ice what is this problem's name skinny skinny Jeff Galuli who I remember thinking was so handsome really I know I know what he's is wrong ugly with from me. within I know oh, that never bothers me mm. I had met Jeff at the ice rink he was standing at the ledge and I just thought it was cute you know that's a cute boy <laughs> I mean I didn't date anybody he was the first person I ever dated she meets Jeff Galuli mm. and like you know her coach who I I guess I've decided that I love the coach sure she is has this great line about how like she you know she just had a troubled in relationship her problems that she had off the ice sometimes would show up on the ice she went from you know an abusive childhood to kind of an abusive relationship and this is something that happens I mean Tanya even says herself like oh like well my mom hit me and she loved me right. and Jeff hits me and I'm like oh my god my heart's in a million pieces this happens all the time but it's heartbreaking I posted in the Facebook group right around this moment I'm like I went into this determined not to feel for Tanya Harding why am I sobbing and feeling so bad for Tanya Harding it's early <laughs> So then we go oh. to the 1992 Olympics. Oh, right, right, right. Which is a mess. Yeah. Tanya shows up out of shape. Really, and she'll say it. I, I, I mean, ask her, she'll tell you. Like, yeah. she showed up out of shape. She wasn't ready at all. She was late all the time. Yeah. So things didn't go well for her. Um, things just were going downhill. I was missing all my jumps. I had gained some weight. And just so much going wrong and this is the first time we see her complaining about the blades oh she's like the blades won't hold me make sure does everyone hear that like she's already sort of making excuses two days before and they had to put the blade back on but it was just a little off so i was landing away over like this on everything i missed the triple axle and after that that was that was it Tanya came up fourth. So right. Christy Yamaguchi wins and then retires. She's out. Yes. She's like, I'm 15. I've done it all. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> These girls are so young. It's ridiculous. And then, of course, the, the figure skating world is like, who's next? I know. Ms. Nancy Kerrigan. Yeah. Once Yamaguchi retired, moved on after 92. Who was the next in line? Nancy's next. You know, Nancy Kerrigan was everything that they wanted. She would be a great ladies' champion. I can't remember who says it, but they have this really mo- this moment where they're talking about the- how Nancy's coach like invented this like line for her, where she would like you know the famous it's like that's on be- all of eight of yes. my posters. It was like her holding her like thigh and her arm up in of the course, air, yeah. and she's just like a swan. Yeah, and then you cut to Tanya Harding. It's like the Jurassic Park, like the water and the glasses on the table. And she would pick like heavy metal music. Girl, play like play the game a little. Like there's like so, like Siri Bodley could do that. Like the, she did. Right. Siri Bodley could do the illegal backflips and be awesome, but still like play the game a little. If you guys don't know who Siri Bodley is, a you weren't gay in 1995, <laughs> and B look her up. I actually posted in the Facebook group this amazing thing that she did. I want. I don't remember what year Olympics it was, but like she would do a backflip. That's what she was famous for. It was like late 90s, late yeah. 90s, and you weren't. They were illegal to do in competition, yeah. and she was told she couldn't do it, and she did it anyway. And lands on one skate. <laughs> backflip, totally illegal in competition. She's doing this to get the crowd. 
She's gonna get nailed. <laughs> the entire arena is like, <gasps> I know. It's, but yeah, but she. There's a way to be like tough and fierce and and hard. Right. Yeah, and still not almost be like in competition with the judges right and tanya harding like every move she made and there's part of me that's like girl just do you like fine yeah but picking the music she wanted to and if that's her artistic expression then who am i to say yeah no? it's just that thing though where like she's constantly complaining about how nancy was the ice princess and would get endorsements right. and tanya wouldn't get any endorsements and she didn't have any money she did nothing to help herself either, no you know? she was like at home hand sewing her costume together like destiny's child's parents in the early days i know you know what i mean like right it you can't you can't have it both ways girl what tanya gave you was power sheer raw power on the ice but you really had to be well balanced and unfortunately tanya just didn't have that artistic edge so now we're back in where we started in the beginning we're back in, in detroit for like the, the the u.s championships and like what what are the default olympic trials january 6th <laughs> 1994 could you do it like mr jeff's <laughs> No, because it's so horrible. <laughs> this is the day she gets attacked. Do you know how disappointed they're going to be? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> January 6th, 1994. <laughs> U.S. Championships for <laughs> In Detroit, Michigan. Also known as the Olympic Trials. <laughs> all right, that's it. That's all you get. <laughs> ABC's Wide World of Sports begins its coverage of the U.S. Figure Skating Championships in effect the Olympic Trials. Oh, God. Do you know who what? sponsored the championships? No. Legs. Stop it! <laughs> sheer energy from legs goes wherever you need it to. It's strong. It's sheer. Legs, two Gs, the pantyhose? <laughs> yes. That are still in eggs? Yes, They yes, used to yes. sell them in eggs? Sponsored by legs. <laughs> You guys, do you know how many like how many times they stop for commercials, especially now because this is a cash cow. Everyone's trying to see who's going to kill the other person on the ice. I know, I know. It's brought to you by legs. Enough. <laughs> I can't. I can't handle it. Well, we have to talk about it. Okay. We're here. We're here. We can't keep We're making here. jokes. We have to I talk know. about it what is, happened. It's, uh, it's so it's so awkward. So it's the 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 championships happen over a course of like a couple days. Right. So you see them like on the ice practicing together and. What happens? Like, they're on the ice practicing. It happens, like, in the blink of an eye. It's it crazy. Does. So they're practicing. Nancy Kerrigan is in that white outfit. I we'll know. get back to it. Yes. Girl, I love that move that she pulled, but we'll get back to it. No spoilers. When the practice was over, Nancy got off the ice. Mary and I were walking up probably 150 feet behind her. I stopped to talk to somebody briefly that I hadn't seen in years. Nancy walked behind a curtain going to the dressing rooms and then we heard this yell you just hear this sad horrifyingly yeah. frightening blood curdling scream but the thing is when the camera like the camera gets back there literally a second later right and everyone is so calm and the thing that is so crazy to me is that nancy is hysterical right and everyone's asking her what happened you know right. what i mean and like she she's in she's clearly in shock because if she wasn't in shock she'd be like a guy hit me in the knee and he ran that way right can we talk about the Shane-sized hole in the door. <laughs> sure. Do you know what I'm talking about? He basically he clubs the door through. He, like, runs through the door. That's how he gets <laughs> Well, yeah, because they say they see a tall white guy with a leather jacket. Yeah. That's, like, he just fled. He just ran. But they, they chase him they out. They chase him out, And yeah. they get to the glass door. Oh, right, And right, there's right. literally and a Shane-sized hole in the door. Yeah, of course. How could I have missed it? I looked up, and I saw this guy running away. And so I started running after him. He crashed through a glass door that was locked and got out of there. And that audio and that footage like does something to me where it's like I, there's nothing else in the world. And then you see her dad. Her dad like picks her up yeah, that, and like, carries her away. It's it's horrible. Sob, sobbing, sobbing. I mean, it's just because every at that moment, everyone's like, is this it? Is it over? Right. I mean, no one knows that she fucking comes back. Which yeah, because the thing is like this. It was over in her brain. It was over. She's now not going to go to the Olympics. She's not going to get to p compete in the – she wasn't even going to get to qualify for the Olympics because right. she couldn't compete that night. And it was her whole life. Just imagine in, in that moment, a very physically painful moment. Yeah, yeah. Everything you've worked for literally seconds before. Yeah. You were just working at it is gone. No, listen. 
in in the we all know about the Saturday Night Live disaster that happens like a year later. We know about the Disney parade. We right. know that Nancy Kerrigan does not always behave. It's not always on her best behavior. Sure. But she, when it counted, I'm gonna. I'm literally gonna start to cry. Yeah. She handled this with the most amount of poise and grace that you could ever imagine or summon. Like the her God bless this mess of her parents <laughs> because they they raised this woman to be perfect in a situation like this I'm pretty upset and angry that someone would do this and I really want to skate today but the doctors all said I shouldn't immediately after the attack nobody really knew what happened right. and so like they're showing like all of the other figure skaters are kind of nervous because it's like is this a crazy man out clubbing figure skaters and they're like no it's it's a it's a kerrigan specific right? attack. <laughs> totally and so they're questioning tanya and tanya has that moment where she has to like hang on let me get what i'm gonna say straight and then she's like they're doing um like let's say a thorough investigation to try and find the man who did it and you're just like, Tanya, girl, oh, my no. God, you know? She also says at one point that she feels really bad that this happened, and she totally knows how Nancy feels. Right. Do you? When was the last time you got clubbed in the knee? What are you right. talking totally, about? totally, How do you know how Nancy feels? I know. What's your take on the Nancy Kerrigan situation? I'm sure it bothers a lot of people. How do you feel about it? Um, it definitely bothers me. I, I know how she feels, and um, I feel really bad that this happened. I was looking forward to competing against her, and, um, you know, I just hope that she's okay. And so Tanya goes out and performs that night, and you see it cuts to Nancy, like in the in the balcony watching. Yeah, because Nancy had just heard found out the day before that it was just a bruise. It was a very badly bruised bone, yeah. so they couldn't even do it right. Right, exactly. Like idiots, what a bunch idiots. of schlubs. We're get about the derpy to find music. Out. We'll you get got... the derpy music yeah, in a moment. We're gonna find out how stupid these guys are. But it was her landing leg. Yeah. So all the doctors are telling her she shouldn't. And Nancy's like, I really want to, but the doctors say I can't. So- and now she, Nancy has no reason to believe that she's not, if she doesn't perform, she's not going to the Olympics. Sure. So then it gets to the end of the evening. Oh my God, little baby Michelle Kwan comes in second. Michelle Kwan, you're four years old. I, Michelle Kwan is five. literally four, this way past her bedtime. I mean, you see her face and I'm I like, know. why aren't you yawning and rubbing your eyes? <laughs> like, you're a child. You're going to be fine, yeah, Michelle Kwan. Be you fine. have plenty of opportunities. But she comes in second, so, you know, Tanya and Michelle get the automatic spots for the Olympic team, but then, like, that very night, the committee comes together to, like, decide actually if Nancy's going to get to go to the Olympics or not. And I remember being on pins and needles we are waiting for the olympic team selection we're going to take a shot now this is the room where the international committee is meeting they will determine the fate of nancy kerrigan right here and then it, it gets announced okay it is official now nancy kerrigan and tanya harding will go to the olympic games representing the united states and, and little baby michelle kwan's like i think it's good that she gets to go it's a great thing yeah and you're like michelle you're four i know and she gets to go as the alternate it's amazing it's amazing it's, yeah. yeah it's great michelle kwan you're fine you came in second place here the committee decided that nancy kerrigan could go how do you feel about that um i feel fine i think both of them deserve going to the olympics and i'm just happy for them Do don't we- get me started about oksana by you who we'll get to I can't. I don't. I can't. Even, I, I can't. No, no, How, no. Is this table nailed down? I can't. <laughs> Oksana Bayul. No, I cannot handle it. You know, they, they found her under a like set of bleachers. That's her. <laughs> <laughs> you come over here. Nancy and Tanya both go to the Olympics. Oh my God, this is the best thing ever. Well, this was just like, you know, it's on the cover of, you see it. It's on the cover of Time Magazine in crosshairs. Right, Come I on, know. Time Magazine. You're and better than that. the media is talking about foaming at the mouth. Oh They're my like, God. This is perfect. Yeah. Congratulations. If the Harding camp expected to keep their arrival a secret, it was obvious by the horde of cameras and reporters that it didn't work. The media nearly outnumbered a strong contingent of family and friends who greeted the skater tonight. Well, now, in January 10th, Tanya's home in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. And that's when she says there are all these cameras. And they're like, oh, you know, like, are you worried about the Olympics? And she's like, no, I'm going to whip Nancy's butt. It won't be a true crown until I get my chance with Nancy. And that'll be Olympics. And let me tell you, I'm going to whip her butt. Girl, right. four days earlier, <laughs> your husband had her knee bashed in. I know, I know. Choose your words wisely. I know. Sit down and be quiet. So this is also when we see Tanya's like bodyguard for the first time. This guy, Sean, I can't even think of his derp, name. He's derp, so derp, 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 derp. Sean Eckhart. Yeah, derp, and it cuts derp. to like modern day Tanya 
who you know has like her cigarette under the table every time the camera comes I know, to her. I know. And she's like, he was not my bodyguard. I thought he was an idiot. A complete idiot. Just a complete idiot. Yeah. He was not my bodyguard ever. He was not even my friend. I thought he was a complete idiot. He was Jeff's friend. Plain and simple. Tanya, this is also after the I'm gonna whip Nancy's butt yeah. thing. And Schatz, our girlfriend, Ann Schatz, yeah, who is the the, this local Portland <laughs> reporter who just happens to be absolutely everywhere. I, I mean, she probably <laughs> provided the footage for the documentary because yeah. she's in every single minute of this old tape from the 90s. She says like, oh, so you spoke to police. Are you nervous? And Tanya's like, I'm not nervous. Why would I be nervous? I have nothing to be nervous about. Why only a nervous person would be nervous. I, I'm not nervous. Yeah, I talked to him. Okay. I mean, <laughs> and they're not. I have nothing to hide. Exactly. So you, you did speak with them and, mm-hmm. and you feel good about the conversation? Oh, yeah. I mean, why shouldn't I? I mean, they had, they talked to everybody. But then Anne goes to work like the next day and literally gets a letter. And this like beautiful penmanship. (laughs) It's like this anonymous letter saying, like, this is what happened. Like, Jeff Galuli orchestrated the whole thing. Jeff Galuli is Tanya's husband. Right. Implicating Tanya, Jeff, and Sean. I opened this letter up and it's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. A letter implicating Tanya, Jeff Galuli, and her bodyguards in the attack on Nancy Kerrigan. And I'm thinking, this could be the start of something really crazy. Because this says they hatched the plan. And this is also where we meet Norman Frank. Oh, my God. You guys, just another quick aside. Somebody posted in the Facebook group, like, you have to give this guy a nickname. Because, like, if you see what this man looks like, he has his hairline starts at the bridge of his nose Mm -hmm. and goes all the way. I mean, this man has so much hair. He's so tan. I decided we'd call him Chewbacca. Great. Yeah. (laughs) So Chewie says (laughs) that the case began to unravel almost immediately because Derpy Sean yeah. was just like, guess what I did the other night? And tells literally everybody. everybody. Sean Eckhart couldn't stop bragging to everybody that he had planned the attack. He told his mother, father, so many people. He just couldn't stop talking. So Sean's telling every dirt, 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 and then <laughs> Anne Schatz gets the letter. So it's like almost instantly, right, right. Everyone's singing like a but goddamn then, canary. Right. Everybody. So then Anne does the smartest thing I've ever heard of. Oh. oh, it's so juicy. It's so juicy and good. She calls Tanya Harding, and she's like, "Tanya." Oh, and Anne chooses her words so well here, and she's so proud of it. To I this know. Day. She's I know. So proud of it. She said, "We got a letter that would be important to you and Jeff." And I say, I'm, I'm holding this letter, Tanya, that I think you're going to want to look at. And it directly impacts you and Jeff. I didn't say implicates. I just said impacts. Not implicates uh-uh. you and Jeff. <laughs> would be, affects you. Yeah, or, or exactly. Whatever. Whatever, the, whatever Anne's choice of words were. And Tanya's like, well, can you fax it to me? <laughs> Love you, 90s. Go watch your pop-up video. <laughs> it's like, no. And she said, will you please fax it to me? Something like that. I said, no, I won't. What I'll let you do is read it, but you've got to come here and you've got to agree to an interview. She, you could hear hear her talking to Jeff in the background and he said, okay. So Anne's whole plan is I will let you read this letter, but you have to sit for an interview. This is before she gives the letter to the FBI. That's my favorite part of this whole thing. Well, you know what? Anne's got to make those career moves because (laughs) no one else was – she was a woman probably not taken seriously. Totally, Just come on. So she was like, oh, shit. I'm going to get – The scoop. Like right at the beginning, I'm going to get Tommy Harding to sit down with me. And then she does, and it's the creepiest thing ever. Oh, my God. It is creepy because – Anne describes how Jeff Galuli was sitting just off camera, but we can see him yes. in the documentary. Yes. So he's sitting behind Anne. Mm-hmm. Anne is facing Tanya. Tanya is looking over Anne's shoulder at Jeff to get his approval for everything she's saying. And you could see her eyes moving. Oh my like, God. There's footage it's of it. So it's scary. And on occasion, after answering a question, her eyes would dart up to him. Come back to me. That was eerie. That was creepy. And this is the moment where it is kind of like, if Tanya did know, why on earth would she agree to that interview? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. The thing that Tanya does cop to eventually is that she knew, like once, she says once she got back from nationals, she didn't know she didn't know anything about who attacked Nancy, but she got to, she came to understand that like Jeff was involved and that she didn't report it soon enough. That that is the crime that she's ultimately charged with. Right. 
So this is the beginning of like the absolute media circus in the months, I guess, leading up to the to the Olympics. Yeah. So then Anne does give the letter to the FBI. Oh, right. And we meet John King, <laughs> FBI investigator, <laughs> who has epic eye rolls and no time for your shit. <laughs> he says that Sean sang like a canary or like he says, folded like a cheap accordion. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wrote John, to- John, this is gonna this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship, John. I like you. I like your style. And when Sean realized that he was facing some fairly serious penalties, uh, he folded like a cheap accordion because at first sean would just lie about everything because right. sean was also telling his dad and his dad was bragging to everybody so, for, just to clarify how this letter came to be the letter was written by somebody who knew sean's dad right who was like uh keep talking yeah well, like, what's how, how do you spell that <laughs> right so then sean very quickly and and even john king is like the way he lied was crazy i know they'd be like two plus two is four he'd be like nope yeah, yeah, exactly. Nope, absolutely not. And Mark, we meet this guy Mark Lund at the same time, who like whatever he started some like international figure skating magazine, whatever. Right. He's like, my this is my favorite thing. He cannot believe how stupid these people are, and he says it. Those guys were just unbelievable. That they thought they could get away with something like this, that was so badly planned out from the beginning. Stan stays under his own name at a hotel in Detroit. Could we be any more stupid? Were you asking to get caught? Because you were going to get caught. Yeah, and like every, and then it's like Paul Wiley says it, and then John King says yeah. it, and then uh, Chewy says it. It's like everyone <laughs> is just like, let's go through. Because eventually, so he's lying and lying and lying, and eventually John King is like, here's what you're facing. Right. Like, here's how much trouble you're actually in. But the thing is, like, these people are so, du- they they literally, you like, the guy who actually did it, Shane, I think is his name, yeah. he stayed in the hotel under his, like, real name. Put everything on a credit, credit card. Credit card in his name. Uh-huh. Just, like, these people are just like, are you kidding me? The derpiest derps. Joyce McKinney could have done this better. Ah. <laughs> they left a trail everywhere. I mean, phone records, bank records. You'd have to be a moron. To, to travel across the country to do a hit and put everything on Visa. And then you can't even do it right. Like, I'm not wishing anything bad on Nancy right. Kerrigan. Yeah. You know that. Totally. But, like, she still got to go. Right. They didn't do what they set out to do to begin right. with. Totally. They just caused a circus. Yeah. So now, January 14th, 1994. You guys, this is happening. Like, every day there's something new exactly. in this case. Exactly. Just imagine that it's pandemonium. Right. It's truly pandemonium. <laughs> Meanwhile, every single morning I'm getting up and, like, you know, there was no internet back then. But right. I'm, like, watching the morning news to see, like, what the hell is happening with Nan and Tom. And every day there was something else. Yeah, totally. Every single totally. day. It's, like, now, only with figures. Oh, my God. Don't get me started. Uh, so, Sean is arrested. Sean Derpy Bodyguard yeah. is arrested. Then Derek Smith shows up on the scene. He's the getaway driver. Right. And then Shane Stant Mm -hmm. is the guy who actually did the deed with the Shane Shane shaped hole in the door. (laughs) And then it turns out that Jeff. That's a literal Shane. I know. I was so proud of that joke when I thought of it. (laughs) And I just was so... It's the only time in this... We can actually say it. It's like, a real thing. Imagine him jumping through that glass door. Like, there's no time to waste. I don't have time to open the door. I just have to leap through it. Like, what a derp. Derpy, derpy, derp. Shane Stant. Uh, so then it turns out Jeff approached Sean about the whole thing. Yes. Sean the bodyguard. Then Sean hired Derpy, Derek, and Shane yeah. to be the, quote, hit team and this is when John King is like epic eye roll he's like the hit team (laughs) please yeah he everyone thinks these guys are just idiots but they all like get they all get plea deals by implicating Tanya right which is insane right or 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 completely true who knows right Mr. Galuli is this plea given when Galuli negotiated some sort of plea bargain then Eckhart and Stamp cut deals they all served up Tanya threw her right under the bus if they were going down, she was going down. So now we're four weeks out. Four, to the Olympics. Four weeks until the Olympics in Boston, Massachusetts. Hey, guys. Nancy's trying to work and recover and is like not caring about the news, which Can is I ask so badass. What? Do not bother Nancy Kerrigan when she is She's working out. She's got work out. to do. Oh, my God. Nancy Kerrigan is not having your shit. No. Have you heard anything? I've been, I've been at therapy all day. Yeah. Have so you, have have you talked to folks out there? I haven't talked to anybody. I've been working, just trying to get rehabilitated. Have police been in touch with you, though? No. 
I've been here. They can't get in touch with me. I'm working on um, getting my knee better. Let the girl go to work and focus and do the unthinkable. Well, and that, so just to be full, completely clear, like everybody is talking about how Nancy had two hurdles, potentially, the physical and the um, like mental slash emotional. She had a sports psychologist on hand, right. a part of her team. And she, the, and the psychologist is like, Nancy made it very clear that we are not doing any of the trauma work right now. She had to decide, do we work on, you know, the trauma of what had happened to her or do we just stay on key with what we'd been working so hard for? in terms of the Olympic Games, and she made it very clear. We were not doing trauma work. I am not a victim here. Also, she had six weeks to get ready for the Olympics total. Four of those weeks had to be done off the ice. I know. She had to work out in the gym. She had to go to the pool. She couldn't get back on the ice. Oh, this is my favorite story. She could not get back on the ice until two weeks out. Can we please talk about the caper in which they get her to the Tony Kent arena. Hey, Tony Kent. Hey, Tony Kent. You mean in the middle of the night oh where God. she's hiding in the backseat of a car with a blanket <laughs> over her? You mean, is that what you're talking about? We wanted to try her ice skating, you know, get her on the ice, see how the knee's going to respond. But we needed to do it in a way that could be private. We didn't want anybody to see what she was doing because we had no idea how well or how badly she would be doing. We decided we're going to do it at about midnight. On, a, on a, like a Saturday night. And we're all over Nancy's house. I remember leaving first, then Nancy got in the back seat of someone's car and actually had a coat over her, kind of like laid down, because the media was out there. They, so they decide they're gonna do it at midnight. They get her to Tony Kent. Now the other thing is, I wrote this like in huge letters, Somebody had the foresight to videotape it. We have the footage. It's just like, oh my God, we are watching. Sometimes in these documentaries, you forget because they're so good that like they're talking about this epic thing, but you're actually watching. You're like, wait, oh my God, like who took that video? Who saved that video? I I mean, this was a billion years ago. How did they get this? I mean, it's just, it was amazing to me that we were actually watching this. It, It is. It's, it's fascinating to me. And she's amazing. She looks incredible. She's like, you know, doing her moves. She did more than they thought she was going to do gonna that I was going to say, like, of course you yeah. did, Nancy Overachiever, girl. Overachiever, Nancy oh, girl. I know. It. She put the skates on. It was very exciting because she was excited. She didn't do much of anything, but she did more than I thought she was going to do. And it looked pretty hopeful. So then now we're at January 18th. Tanya's questioned by the police and Norman. Yeah. Frank. I'm sorry, Chewy. <laughs> she denied everything. It was obvious if she continued along those lines that she wasn't going to be aiding the investigation. And so the facts of life had to be explained to Tanya. And you're in a lot of trouble. However, if you are willing to cooperate, it's basically uh, you play let's make a deal. And, and so this is what Tanya cops to. Again, Tanya cops to knowing more information after the fact than she told to the FBI. Mm-hmm. And so then she holds this like big press conference the next day. I, I remember watching this press conference like on the edge of my seat. And, and I remember like Tanya starts talking. She stumbles. Of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am responsible, however, for failing, re- for failing to report things I learned about the assault when I returned home from nationals. And now the press is all over her because nobody believes her. Everybody, like, so now they're showing, oh my God, they they kept, they cut back and forth between, like, Nancy, like, practicing at Tony Kent Arena, like, in perfect calm. Mm-hmm. Tanya, like, the white trash hero that she is, like, has to rehearse at, rehearse, by I the know. way. I, I, yeah. <clears throat> rehearse, you guys. I'm, rehearse. I'm sticking, I'm, I'm sticking rehearse. to it. She <laughs> has rehearsed at a shopping mall. Okay. So, <laughs> she rehearses, she practices, sorry, that was... <laughs> At the rink in the shopping mall. Yeah. Tanya, where she practiced, it was like practicing in its own little stadium. I mean, it was in a shopping center. They're all around her. They were all around her at that rink. It is. Open the shopping season. mall should have really done better by her oh, for please. that. Oh, please. This is like the best thing that could ever possibly happen for yeah, them. Yeah, of course. They were just being selfish. Yeah. It was, and even Connie Chong was like, I have to tell you, from every tabloid to the New York Times, we were all there. Yes. The like real journalists hated that they had to do Diane this. Diane Sawyer was there. Yeah, everyone was there. I mean, everyone was there. Oh, believe me, even the New York Times was there. Uh, the venerable New York Times. It was horrifying for most reporters, you know. But uh, there they were, standing side by side with the National Enquirer and, and all the uh, tabloid glory. 
Tanya was not doing well because who the pressure. would? And then she's also talking about how like she would try to do her triple axles and everybody would take pictures and the flashes would make her fall. But at the same time, though, she's like, hi, America and Europe and everybody. Oh my God, she's I know. loving I know. this attention until she's not. So she was kind of enjoying this attention. They're looking at me. They came here to see me. Hi, America. Hi, Europe and everybody else. <laughs> Are you aware of how huge this thing has become? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> they also trot out Lavanya. They tr- <laughs> I know, to be like, will, will, will Tanya say hi I to know, Lavanya? No. I know. Tanya does not, by the way. No, and then Lavanya gets like stuck in her own like little media circus where they ask her if she asked Tanya if she had anything. And she's like, I didn't think it was necessary to ask her. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to get back to my parrot. <laughs> have you ever point blank asked Tanya, were you involved? And, and if you haven't asked her that, will you ask her that? I never asked because I, I don't believe she did it. I don't think it's necessary to ask. Meanwhile, she's wearing that same, like, Mama Rose brown faux fur coat that, that she's been wearing. With that stupid haircut. Oh, Allison Janney's going to kill that role in the movie. <laughs> I cannot wait. Oh, my God. That's right. She's playing that role in the movie. Oh, yeah, she sure Allison is. Allison Janney as Lavanya. As And Levania. if they don't call it Lavanya, I'm not watching. It's we're not historically accurate. We are walking out. Because we're seeing it together, obviously, right? We And you guys are all invited. Yeah. I love how, uh, I think it was Mark Ludd who was like, this is like watching Dynasty in real life. <laughs> Peace in the Middle East. What was that about? No one cared. I mean, this is like watching Dynasty in real life. I was like, yes, girl, it sure is. (laughs) Yes, oh my God, I know. I also, I remember this too from that time. You know, the media was doing anything they could to get to Tanya. This is horrible. It is horrible. They're like setting off the alarm on her truck so that she'll have to come like running out. They got it towed. They would call a tow truck. I know. And as the car's like, as it's like being towed (laughs) out, they're like, so what do you think about Nancy Kerrigan? And she's like, fuck off, I need to save my car, you jackasses. Crews were told, Morning, noon, and night. Go get Tanya. Flush her out. Get her to talk. Are you going to skate, Tanya? I'm taking the day off. Jesus Christ, get out of my way. So here's the thing. The whole thing is that Tanya really fully believes that if she can get to the Olympics and win the gold, then she'll be A, redeemed, and B, set for life. They keep saying how if you win the gold medal, you're set for life. You win that gold in figure skating, you are set for life. Absolutely set for life. You can go and make all sorts of money on all the ice shows, all the endorsements, all the fame. There's gold in the gold medal. Yeah, you get these endorsements. I mean, it's also like looking back on it now, like in 2017. Like, yeah, it would. Ne- it would girl, it was never going to happen. But like, but I'm saying, would that money really sustain you? A couple oh, of car know. commercials. What, what are you really set for life? Right, right, totally. Is what? What, what are their names? The ones from like back, the yesteryear. Like Dorothy Hamill and right, Peggy like is Dorothy Hamill like set for like what is she working at Denny's or what is she like? Is sitting she sitting on a pile of money or what? Like <laughs> Fleming, check in. Yeah, tweet us, girl. I can't make any comment. You guys know I can't. Even about the phone calls that you made, apparently made to Boston. I have no comment because I don't know what I'm supposed to say yet. Okay. Did you make those calls to Boston and find out about Nancy's schedule? Tell you anything. Well, they're looking for evidence now because they don't have anything on her. So Jeff and Derpy Derps, all the Derpy Derps, Jeff is a Derp too. Mm-hmm. They are all saying she was involved, she was involved, but there's nothing connecting her to it. Right. So now everyone's looking for evidence and they rifle through her garbage. Oh my God. And they find this envelope. I remember this. With... Mostly because it has the phone number for Tony Cantorina written on it. And, and Tony Kent written on it. I know. It. And I knew that phone number. I remember seeing it being like, ah! <laughs> Hi, is Nancy there? Uh, no, it's a friend. The FBI is now pouring over some evidence found in the dumpsters behind this Portland restaurant. These scraps could corroborate Jeff Galuli's claim that Harding was in on the planning of the attack on Nancy Kerrigan. On one of the papers, you can see the words Tony Kent Arena the name of the rink where Kerrigan practices and was once believed to be a planned site for the assault. So here's what's a little confusing, right? So Tanya says, they tested the handwriting, it wasn't me. I just know that there was a piece of paper with uh, phone numbers and stuff on it and other writings and names or something. They tested the handwriting and was not mine. And then Chewy. Chewy's like, we tested the handwriting. It, and it was, was her. We had the handwriting tested and it was uh, identified as her handwriting. And then we never talk about right. it again. 
So, so like the whole thing is that they, the Olympic Committee wants to throw Tanya off now that she has like admitted to some some wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. They think they have a, like a leg to stand on, and I love that the reporter for the Boston Globe was like, uh, "Tanya's an alley caller, an alley cat." Right. People saying, "Well, she'll do the right thing and uh, step down off the team." I said, "The hell she will. If, if you know Dan, if you know Tanya, she's an alley cat. She'll fight and she'll claw, and she'll make you throw her ass off the team, and then, and, and then she'll sue you." Which I just love that image. Right. And they're like, "If you throw her off, she's going to sue you." And she did. Right. For how much? For, well, there's like this undisclosed settlement, but really the price of gold, which <laughs> is that she gets to go to the, Olymp- the Olympics. Yeah. So yeah. she's like, you can't do that to me. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> Tanya Harding heads for Norway tomorrow to compete in the Olympics. That's part of the out-of-court settlement she reached with the U.S. Olympic Committee over the weekend. So she gets to Lillehammer and they do this this like press interview in the beginning this man this like Swedish journalist lets her have it uh-huh. Nancy's uh, coach has uh, described you as virtually friendless on the US figure skating team and uh, Nancy herself said that she'd never hugged you before and so no reason to hug you now even if you want it uh, how do you feel you've been received by your teammates after coming up here if she didn't go there expecting this to happen she's an idiot yeah I mean she it's there's a lot of playing the victim in this where yeah. it's like I just wanna I just why can't I just I don't know Tanya because you made about 800 <laughs> bad decisions leading right. up to this and people have a lot of fucking questions I know and and then she has that interview with Connie Chung I'm and not talking about it Connie I the, told you I'm not talking oh my about God, it it was like just everything from ripping me. that microphone off I know The thing, well, this was back in the 90s when everybody was walking out of interviews, like left and right, Courtney, just nobody sat through an interview. Like, what are you even thinking about doing? You know what I mean? I mean, why? But um, the thing that even Connie Chung says is that, like, you know, Connie was like, you know that people are like, care about this, not because of the figure skating. And Tanya's like, no, they care about seeing who's going to win the gold. The world is not talking about you because of your figure skating. You know that, don't you? Mm, No, I don't. I think it has to do with the Olympics. Has a lot to do with skating and about Nancy and I. It has to do with the controversy. It has to do with the attack. It has to do with skating and who's going to win the gold medal. That is such a smart twist because it is actually true. It is actually true, the idea that, like, people were watching it because they were, like, just wanted to see the two of them together. But, like, Tanya's right. Like, they were watching to see which one was going to win, which one was going to beat the other one. Right. But then Connie repeats it. Like, you know it's not really about figure skating. Right. You know that, right? And she just, Tanya's just not, Tanya and her French braid are not having it. No. She wasn't going to answer any questions that were controversial. She was not going to answer any questions about the attack. But you know what could happen in the future. I'm not going to answer that. I told you. I'm done. I'm done with this. Thanks, Tanya. So now we're going into the event, and but not before Tanya gets mad at Nancy Kerrigan for not properly accepting her apology. Oh, what my. is that bullshit all about? <laughs> I went up right to her when I first saw her and told her how sorry I was for being around the people that had done this to her, for being involved with the people that were there, you know, because I mean, that used to be my husband, you know, but she just blew it off like it was nothing. I thought we were friends. All of us had been on tour for years. And for her to treat me like that, like I was nothing, like she was above me, I mean, that, that was, that's rude. So like Tanya, who was born with a chip on her shoulder, right, <laughs> now has a chip on her shoulder that Nancy has a chip on her shoulder because <laughs> Tanya's friends attacked her. Like that makes no, right. that does not compute. No. First of all, you... Take a guess at what kind of apology right. Tanya Harding, Tanya totally. Alley Cat Harding is giving to Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan. You know, she's probably like, what? I'm so, what? I said I was sorry. She literally says for her, and this is modern day Tanya talking. Right. She says for her to treat me like I'm less than her, that's just rude. You know what's rude? <laughs> Bashing someone's knee in. I think that is rude. I think that's rude. Am I wrong? What what's ruder? Like like being a little chilly towards someone who was involved. Which by the way is like Nancy the way Nancy Kerrigan was born. Nancy Kerrigan was born with a body temperature a few degrees below everybody. That's else's. what I mean. Like yeah. she wasn't this go- like this like perfectly amazing warm like, human war- being. She yeah. was not no. at all. Yeah. Good for her. Who needs totally. it? Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about facing Tanya tomorrow in the first practice session? We didn't want to have to skate with Tanya in the practices. But each country skates together in a group. The Olympic Committee said, no, this problem was made in America. 
that this is your baby. So that made it even more of a circus, because now they're going to face each other. And there was this feeling it's going to be Betty and Veronica scratching each other's eyes out the moment they see each other. Oh, okay. So this is Nancy shows up wearing oh, what? Oh, my God. So they, they get to their practice skate, and Nancy shows up wearing the outfit she got clubbed in. <laughs> That is a like that move is one hundred. That is just genius. I know. Carrie showed a little edginess there, and Tanya was unnerved. There's no doubt about it. Nancy's a princess. You know that's how everybody's seen her. She's princess, and I'm a pile of crap. I, know. I, I mean, that is the best statement she could possibly make. I know. I remember watching that, being like, "This is crazy. Right. This is crazy." What's crazier? Is that um, for the ladies' short technical program, yeah. Nancy was amazing and gets first place. Oh, my God. Um, Tanya came in 10th. Oh, my God. Tanya. She, like, she I, fell. Is there something on your mind, I Tanya? <laughs> You're a little distracted. I worked my whole entire life for that one moment in time. It was very difficult to focus. I, I tried. I still didn't skate great that night. You know, it just... It just wasn't in the cards for me. So they go into the long program. Going into it, they say that, like, Tanya could maybe possibly medal, but, like, she would have so much work to do. Nancy is poised to maybe win the gold. Right. Tanya (laughs) does not show up to the ice when her name is called. Where is she? Where is Tanya? We have breaking news going on right now at the ice skating venue. They announced Tanya's name, and she did not show up. I mean, it was literally like the end of the sound of music where they say and the family von trap and nobody shows up this is something that never happens i yeah. mean the, and the clock is ticking literally like, the clock yeah. is ticking if she doesn't get to the ice in 45 seconds she's disqualified if she's not out here in 45 seconds i think they're going to disqualify her i'm not sure i mean and then you see tanya like school bus tanya like running down the hallway making sure everybody in a 11 mile radius around her hears that she has an issue with her skate now we're getting into it you guys this is so juicy it's not gonna hold me so she starts oh my god she starts her program and you guys it is like the entire world held their breath And this is where she like goes and like what wh- what happens? Well, she goes on the uh, and she's like making a scene. She's all like huffy. Mm-hmm. And like Tanya, girl, play the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She doesn't land a jump, right? And she skates over in tears. This is iconic. Oh, this is. I mean, this just the, is. Yeah, she skates over in tears and she like throws her leg up on the table. Yeah, to show the judges that the reason she fell is that. Her skate, her lace, her laces weren't working on her skates. There's like some issue. Right. Tanya Harding finally did appear on the ice. She looked extremely distraught, began her program, started one jump, did not complete the jump, and then skated over in tears to the judges stand, where she explained that she seemed to be having some kind of problem with the right skate. She cries her way into letting them let her start. Again. And then you it cuts to my boyfriend, Paul Wiley, and he's like, she just wanted to start over because she messed up a jump. This was not the first time that Tanya had a mishap with her clothing or her skates. And there was a sense that nobody believed that Tanya's skate lace actually broke. They believed that she was starting over because she made a mistake. Right. And he says, he was like, she would do this all the time yeah. with like, there would be issues. And she did it earlier in the documentary with her blade. Right. Exactly. So she goes back out onto the ice for her program. And like, she blows it. She, she blows, blows it. it. When she got back on that ice, she wasn't even close to being a good skater, much less a great one, much less a medal winner. Mm-mm. She just, she just, she was in 10th place anyway. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. It was just never going to happen. But, oh. I can't. It's this time. is the, the most enraging thing that happens in the entire thing. Nancy Kerrigan gets the silver medal. Why? She, Two words. Oksana Bayul. Garbage, 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 garbage. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> she didn't win. A, a, a teenage kid, Oksana Bayul, wins. Nobody had any idea who Oksana Bayul was. Ultimately, the gold medal went to Oksana Bayul. And... The um, powers that be at CBS were not happy with that result. <laughs> Oksana, they found her under the bleachers by Yule. 
<laughs> Bleacher by all. Exactly. Wins first place. Oh, but then this is like, and, and by the way, I watched this as it happened and I was with Nancy Kerrigan. Girl, when they were, they were like waiting for, this is like the, you guys, this is the beginning of the Nancy Kerrigan shade that would take us through the next year. But it's so good. Oh, it's so good. Nancy is, they're all waiting for Oksana to like get her makeup redone and Nancy Kerrigan, Nancy, there's a camera on me, but I don't give a fuck. Kerrigan, that's she says exactly what I would say. Yeah. She's gonna cry it off anyway. Get out there and take your gold medal. What are we waiting here for? So she's gonna get out here and cry again. And then again, breaking news. Tanya Harding, modern Tanya, she's like, I've never said this before, but she was the crybaby who didn't win the gold. You know, I'm sorry, I've never said this before, but just shut up. Nobody wants to hear your whining, okay? You got a silver medal at the Olympics. And all you can do is poo-poo them away. I just don't think it's right. Tanya! Take your own goddamn advice, girl. Shut up. Sit quietly. Stop it. Oh, my God. It's like, what is is wrong with you? You just cried your way to the judges to get them to let you have a do-over. And you're talking about crybabies and whiners? Mm -hmm. I just sat through 90 minutes of you whining. (laughs) You shut up. God. So whatever. That's kind of how the movie ends. Like we see, you know, like Tanya's punishment is that she like gets kicked out of the figure skating association. She can't ever do it again. Nancy goes on to make millions of dollars on the circuit. And Tanya's fined $160,000 in fees and fines. Oh, girl. That didn't go great. And also, your boyfriend, Paul Wiley, thinks it was totally deserved that Tanya was banned. Who doesn't? I know. Who doesn't think it was deserved? Yeah. I think Tanya deserved to be banned. And I think that was an incredible consequence for her. I mean, it was an abrupt halt like no other. It was really a death sentence in the sport. And I think that it was deserved. And he also thought that Oksana Bayol um, winning the gold was a little political. Like, now Nancy was blamed. Like, they didn't want to reward this insane behavior. Yeah. But it's like, Nancy, Nancy was like, I just got off the ice and got hit in the knee. I'm sorry. What? How? <laughs> and then I literally never talked about it again. Like, like she, yeah. I know. How exactly I know. am I, like, I representative of this? Are you kidding? She has a gold in my book. <laughs> I know. I'm sad that we did it and we're never going to be able to do it again. Just listen to it over and over again. Plus, you know Tanya Harding's got another true crime documentary in her somewhere. Right. (laughs) Um, Where can they find us, girl? True Crime Obsess, no ED, on the Twitter and True Crime Obsessed. Dot com stream our episodes. Yeah. Um, you guys, we are just we're asking our fabulous, lovely listeners, if you love True Crime Obsessed, share us with a friend. Yeah. We're trying to grow our audience and we just we would we're asking for your help. Yeah, and come hang out in, in the True Crime Obsessed Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook. Yeah, it's a crazy in there. We it's, have it's so much fun. Yeah. Um, if you have a minute, if you could review us on iTunes, we're at almost seven hundred reviews on iTunes. Ridiculous. I know. And it it really makes a difference, guys. It, it helps people find our show, it helps make us look good to advertisers, mm-hmm. which is important. Um, and we would love you if you would do it. Yeah. What are we doing next? We are doing Fear of 13. Oh, my God. <gasps> this movie is crazy. I haven't seen it. I'm very excited. It's good. You're going to love it. I'm excited. Uh, so here's the trailer for Fear of 13. And stay tuned for our outtakes after that. They are ridiculous. This what week. are they, like 45 minutes long? I know. Just it's like a whole separate episode. Yeah. Uh, and then our palate cleanser, you guys, this week comes from one of my favorite shows from Catch Me If You Can. It's two-time Tony winner Norbert Leo Butts singing Don't Break the Rules. Big fans of Norbert Norbert, here girl. Call me, baby. Call us. I just said baby. I know. That was... <laughs> what was that all about? Dear Judge Giles... I ask that one right that I have be recognized. And that is a condemned man's right to be executed. I've been an escaped prisoner for 25 days. I was on the binge. The next thing I know, there's a cop right there. And you heard pop. I've been arrested enough to know this one's bad. I was thrown into this world. No sunlight. And it's deadly silent. I wanted to kill somebody. I had 105 years. 
I wasn't going anywhere. So I started reading. Everything changed. I was reading law books. I went to college. I met Jackie. I was so in love. But at the heart of it, I was hit by the reality, I'm not free. I know I didn't kill that woman. I can't believe I have the key to my cell in my hand. How am I still on death row? Meat or whatever, and the mom comes in to brush her hair. Now, listen, I've got an ornery daughter who doesn't love it when I brush her hair. Look, first of all, but you're not an alcoholic piece of garbage. Ah! <laughs> piece of garbage, definitely not. Um, did I mention that um, Tanya later in life goes on to start a band called the Golden Blades? If you think I don't know everything about Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan, you I are wrong. That. Tanya is built like a school bus. Tanya is... <laughs> and I don't mean that. Where'd you get that from Connie Chung? <laughs> I was workshopping that all morning. Right. I was like, dump truck, work... No, school bus. Yeah. You, get, you nailed it. You landed on the right, the right one. <laughs> Do you know that every time I see Connie Chung, I cannot help but wonder what Breakfast with Maury Povich is like? <laughs> Oh my god! And also, Maury Povich has kept it tight. I feel like Maury Povich and Connie Chung have both kept it tight. I, I think, yeah, I, I think they're both still hot. I, I love Paul Wiley. By the way, call me, girl, call me anytime, <laughs> day or night, day or I'm night. I'm here for you, Paul I, Wiley. Paul Wiley, where? Call me. I used to always think about like, how does he go home and have dinner with Connie Chung, this like nationally recognized like highbrow journalist, and he's like, "You are not the father. <laughs> you are the father." Oh. <laughs> Tanya's like, I became a boxer for a couple years. Then I did like I worked on cars and did landscaping. Right. Can you imagine Tanya Harding as your landscaper? <laughs> In what universe? Like, does she have, like, a web... Is there, like, a landscaping company? I don't really understand. (laughs) Then Derek Smith shows up on the scene. He's the getaway driver. Right. And then... (laughs) (laughs) What was that? Something got, like, weirdly caught with shocked at the sound I just made. God, this like this is what happens to people in shows, and I don't know how you get it back. I don't either. I don't. You have to leave the stage. Okay. You guys are really good acting advice, right? Now. Yeah. You just leave. Just be totally unprofessional. Abandon your seat partners. Get get Bye. save yourself. You just guys. leave. Just jump out of the airplane by yourself. your life. Though you smile like you're a hero, you're an outlaw. But the odds are in my favor, man. One day I'll catch you. Go sneak into a movie. Run a red light, sell some pot. It's all the same to me. You're either guilty or you're not. It's already on the verge. Yes, it's laws that keep us human.